You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 305, Lessons Learned from a Bad Boss. Now, I spoke about this subject from time to time, and every time I talk about learning lessons from a bad boss, it really strikes a a chord with people. It really resonates, and I get a lot of comments. So I try and kind of bring this topic back up periodically uh, because I think it really does. All of us have been there. All of us at some point in our our working careers have worked for a bad boss. Now, if you're in business for yourself and you're your boss and you think you're working for a bad boss, well, that's that's a topic you probably want to have with a therapist. But... For, for so many of us who have, have, have worked in, uh, for me it was government for almost 30 years, working for a police department, uh, also working in, in ministry settings, working in, in different churches, being on staff of a few churches, uh, maybe you're, you're working for a company, a business, whatever it is, and you would say, oh yeah, oh yeah, I have worked for some good ones and I've worked for some bad ones. And you know, I was privileged to work for some amazing uh, supervisors, managers, leaders. Uh, I've worked for some great pastors, uh, some great leaders in the, the the nonprofit or the ministry realm. But I've also had my share of bad bosses. Now, that doesn't mean they're necessarily bad people. Let's differentiate there. In some cases, I would say, yes, they are bad people and they are bad bosses. But especially in the, the, the ministry environment, when I've worked for some, maybe what I would say some less, less than uh, quality leaders, that doesn't mean they're bad people. It's just maybe they didn't know how to lead or maybe they were um, you know, in over their head. Or and especially in the police department, working in, in, in the government, you just walk around some days shaking your head going, how did this person reach this level in this large police department? And, you know, it's not hard to see that they have no idea what they're doing, that they're in so far over their head, it's scary. Um, and again, most of the time they're not bad people, but somehow they manage to play the system and, and pass a test and get through a promotional process, and now they're at a position where they really, really should not be. Now, this is not to say... That, that sometimes we don't grow into our positions. I think all of us, when we start off at a particular leadership role, uh, none of us have all the answers. And so there is, there is this understanding that there's a learning curve. But if somebody's been in a position for years and, and we're still saying, well, you know, there's a bit of a learning curve, then there's something wrong. You know, we should be constantly getting better, constantly becoming better leaders. And so, you know, we can... 
obviously learn from good leadership. Um, I've spoken about that before, you know, learning from, from people, following their example, watching how they do things, watching how they treat people, watching how they treat even the, the difficult situations, the disciplinary situations, the situations where someone has to be um, uh, even terminated or other difficult situations within a business or ministry or company. And um, you know, so it's good to learn from from the good ones. But you know, I'll tell you, if I'm honest, I learned just as much or more from those that I worked for who I would say were bad bosses. They were bad supervisors. They were bad managers. They were bad leaders. Whatever you want to phrase it as, um, I've learned so much of them. And and working with younger leaders now, um, having having the opportunity to talk to younger leaders in a variety of different settings. One of the things I tell them is when they find themselves in a situation where they're working for a bad boss, to open a file, open a file either in their mind or on their computer, and open a file and just call it Lessons Learned from a Bad Boss, and write down everything that you're learning not to do. Write down every single thing that you're learning not to do because that's a file you'll come back to as you go higher and higher on the leadership uh, scale yourself. So um, open that filing cabinet. Keep a list on things not to do. You don't have to put names with it, but keep a list on things not to do, and I promise it will help you immensely. I've even had younger leaders come back and say, man, I appreciate that because uh, you know, now I just kind of look at that list and do the opposite, and I'm good. And I said, yeah, that's usually the way it works out. But let's look at a, at a few of the things. I'm going to pull them out of my filing cabinet on things um, that, uh, you know, lessons learned from a bad boss. And a little bit of this is tongue-in-cheek, but uh, I, I, th- I think you'll know where we're going with this. Number one, do not make a decision. This is a great lesson to learn from a bad boss. Don't make a decision because... If you make a decision, then you're going to be held responsible for that decision. So by all means, do not make a decision. Uh, Be indecisive as long as you can under the guise of trying to get as much information as you can. And when your subordinates come and say, hey, listen, what are we going to do on this? You go, hey, I'm still gathering information. I'm still gathering information. That's the the way you kind of put them off. They might not believe you, but but you're the boss. It's okay. when a subordinate when a subordinate tries to get you to make a decision, remind them that there's a lot at stake, and you've got to consider every possibility before deciding the issue. And here's the bottom line: if you don't make a decision, then you can rest assured you won't make the wrong one. So, don't make a decision. And you know. In in, in, in in the realm of law enforcement, there were a few times when I found myself in this situation where I was working for somebody who just couldn't make a decision. Uh, we had one police chief whose office was referred to as the black hole because they just would not make a decision. There was a fear of, of doing the wrong thing. There was a fear of... Um, you know, having to take responsibility for those decisions. And there's really nothing worse than working for a leader that won't make a decision. You know, one of the things about leadership is leaders make decisions. Leaders make decisions. Um, That's what they pay us for, is to make a decision. And 
you know, when when we find ourselves working for someone who won't make a decision, it's very, very difficult. But now the lesson learned is let's not be that leader. Let's be a leader who knows how to be decisive, who knows how to evaluate. Sure, of course, you want to gather information, but at some point, you have to make the decision and move on. That is what leadership is. And if you don't know how to make decisions or you're not willing to make decisions, then please do us all a favor. Stay out of leadership. Here's another lesson learned from a bad boss. Have a different personality every day. You really want to keep your people guessing as to whether happy boss, angry boss, depressed boss, or even driven boss is going to show up at work today. You ever work for somebody like that? Happy boss, angry boss, depressed boss, or driven boss. Which one's going to show up? Exhibiting a different personality every day is a great way to keep your people in line. You keep them guessing. They don't know who's going to show up. You know, if you show up depressed, if you show up angry, they're going to leave you alone. If you show up happy, then, you know, they may relax a little bit. Gosh, we don't want to have them too relaxed. So, so the next day we need to show up kind of driven. Hey, what are we doing? Where are we going? Let's get some stuff happening here. And, you know, by changing your personality every day or two, uh, you really keep your people in line because they don't know which boss they're going to be dealing with. Have you ever dealt with somebody like that? Um, you know, I've, I've worked for people, you know, over the years, and, and, and you would swear, and they could have been, you know, they could have very well been bipolar, but the appearance was that every single day was a different personality. This is absolutely horrible for the people who work for you. This is no way to run a business. This is no way to run a company. And if you've promoted people with this kind of personality, shame on you because all you've done is created a horrific morale situation for the people that have to work for these kind of leaders. We should be as leaders as much as possible. We should present the same personality every day. Who we are is who we are. And that doesn't mean you're not going to have ups and downs. We all do. But if you're having problems at home, leave those problems at home. You shouldn't be bringing those problems in to work. Um, I've worked with people who you know, would get into an argument with their wife or significant other at home, and they would bring that to work with them. They'd be depressed the entire time, uh, the entire day, and it just made difficult, made it very difficult to deal with them. Um, so let's, let's leave you know, stuff at home, let's leave it at home. Um, you know, someone who's dealing with emotional issues, someone's having problems, you know, let's help them get help. If they need to go talk to somebody, if they need some medication, let's get it for them. But we, if, 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 if we're in a position and we see uh, a lower level leader who, who's this kind of person, who's constantly fluctuating in their moods and the way they treat their people, we need to step in and deal with it or we're going to have some serious issues. People do not want to work for this kind of leader. All right, don't go away. We'll be right back. I want to share this week's resource highlight. It's my book, Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. This is the updated version of my leadership book. Every chapter is short and immediately actionable. There's 
some, some great discussion questions to kind of help you implement the principles we've talked about. We talk in depth about supervision, management, leadership. We talk about goal setting. We talk about time management. This is an excellent book. It's a helpful book, and I know it will help you. So click on the link in the show notes. It'll take you right to the Amazon page. You can read a chapter or two, kind of get a feel if you want it or not, and then click the buy button and read Leading into the 21st Century and Beyond 2.0. So we've talked about, we're talking about lessons learned from a bad leader. We've talked about not making a decision. By all means, do not make a decision. That's the last thing that you should do if you're a bad leader. Also, if you're a bad boss, have a different personality every day. You want to keep your people guessing on who, you know who's coming in and who they're going to be dealing with. And then another lesson I learned from a bad boss is you need to dominate every conversation. Every conversation that you're having with your employees, you need to control it, you need to dominate it, and you need to be the one doing most of the talking. If, you're one, if one of your employees shares one of their accomplishments or something they're feeling good about, make sure you one-up them with one of your spectac- spectacular accomplishments. You know, even put them down and go, really? You're proud of that? That's the best you can do? You know, I remember doing, you know, 10 times that amount. Whatever it is, you always want to outshine your people. You sure can't have them outshining you. That's not the way to go. So we always want to dominate the conversations. And let's make sure that uh, we really do most of the talking. This stuff about, you know, listening to our subordinates, that is garbage. We want to be the one who's dominating the conversation, telling them what they should be doing, and, and really making sure that they know exactly what we expect of them. Have you ever worked for somebody like that? That person who who really did dominate every conversation. If, if you, you know, had a good month in sales and you were, were proud of that and you, you, you shared that, you know, they were always quick to one-up you and say, oh, no, man, I did, you know, 20 times that amount. That's, that's nothing. And, and they immediately belittle you or shame you. Um, this is horrible, horrible management skills. These, these are the kind of skills that run people off and send them, you know, fleeing to the arms of your competitor. Uh, So this is not acceptable. We don't dominate every conversation. In fact, as leaders, as supervisors, as managers, we want to be the people who have excellent listening skills. We want to ask the right questions, and we want to listen to the answers. Of course, there's a time and place for us to talk, We should be casting the vision. There's times when we are bringing solutions to a problem. When, you know, one of our subordinates comes to us and can't really figure something out. Of course, there's times for us to talk. But most of the time, we should be listening more than we're talking. And you know what I found is when I did this, when I I became a better listener, when I became that that boss that, that was willing to listen to their people, what I found was... First of all, I got some really good ideas. Second of all, I found out some serious issues that that needed to be dealt with. And I also found out what made my people tick. 
You know, when you find out what makes your people tick, when you find out what they're passionate about, when you find out things that, that are important to them, it's going to be much easier to, to guide them towards assignments and, and, and different opportunities that are going to help them be more effective, more productive, um, and they're going to be able to help the bottom line of the company even more because they're doing what they're passionate about. So just a quick recap of this episode. Um, don't make a decision if you're a bad boss. Make sure you have a different personality every day. And then number three, dominate every conversation. Now, I hope these helped. Um, we're actually going to come back next week in part two, and we're going to deal with four more things that we can learn from a bad boss. But now, I'd love to hear from you. Go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. Let me know if this resonates with you. Like I say, every time we talk about bad bosses, people just light up because they've all been there. We've all been there. And uh, so these these are actually things that, that, that we, we can all relate to. While you're at davidspell.com, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Just drop your email uh, in the box, and it's a wonderful way to stay in touch. The blog and the podcast will come right into your inbox every week on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Well, friends, thanks for being with me, and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning. Leading and Learning.